This is Nursing in America. Each week, we speak with incredible Filipino nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. We have very special guests who are nurses who have been in the U.S. already for some time. And we can't wait to hear about Darius and CJ's um, stories and their journeys and their advice for everybody. We're going to start off by we want you to share with us your story, your experience um, before you came to America. Tell us about yourselves. Let's maybe start with CJ. Hi, good morning again, Ms. Tanya, Ms. Jean, and Darius. So, so I, I, was, I became a nurse in 2009, and I started my nursing journey to be here. I call it American Dream, so I think everybody call it American Dream. I processed my NCLEX exam 2016, and then luckily I was able to pass the exam that year. And it's my number one goal to be here in the U.S., but unfortunately, it took me seven years to finally make it happen because, you know, 2009, there's what, there was so many nurses in the Philippines, and it's very hard to find a job during that time. And I even volunteered for a year in a hospital in our province to, to have a bedside experience. So second thing, that's why I didn't initially take the NCLEX exam is because I heard that there's retrogression. So I was waiting for the perfect timing to take the exam. And yeah, so I heard from my friend around 20, last quarter of 2015 that US is still is beginning to open. So 2016, yeah, I decided to pursue my American dream. And yeah, the process for me since passing the NCLEX exam started 2016. So I can say that I'm very lucky because you know 2016 i was here august 2019 so it only only took me three and a half years to be here in the u.s so i know some nurses waited for a decade to be here and i was very blessed that i only waited for three years but i can say that my process during that time is like really a roller coaster ride it's a waiting game for me when initially when i Take that like a sub, I know that it will be a waiting game. So my advice to the nurses that are starting to take the NCLEX and planning to take the NCLEX or just initially pass the NCLEX is to be patient within the process. So everybody will go through the process. There's no shortcut to the process. And you know, I remember when way back then I really don't know Lefora. I don't know how the process works. So I was very thankful to my friend that introduced me Lefora because, you know, when I passed the NCLEX, my, my other friend passed the NCLEX, was, she was asking me, what's your priority day? I was like, what's that? I don't even know what those terms are. So <laughs> she told me, what is Lefora? Immediately, I, I, I'm not a Facebook person. So I made, I made my Facebook <laughs> and yeah, I joined Lefora during that time. And Lefora is very a good resource for nurses, especially those nurses who don't have the idea what's the process. So I didn't know the P, what's the PD, priority date, and things like that. And, you know, I passed the NCLEX. And my initial goal after passing the NCLEX during that time is to text, take the IELTS. So 
my advice is when you pass the NCLEX, if you have, it depends on the, your situation, if you have the money, so definitely take the IELTS because you need that for the visa screen. So during that time, you don't know where, if the visa bulletin will be moving. So definitely get ready, get ready for all the documents that you will need to, to make your American dream happen. And also for the, my process, so, you know. Well, Dr. CJ, be, before, you, before you get to your process, I just want to welcome all the nurses that are watching you because you use the word roller coaster, and I think roller coaster is really the, 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 the appropriate word, and everyone can agree. Yeah. So many people who are watching today Paulo, uh, JM, Myla, Janard, Milanus, um, Joma, Blessy, Romina, Myra, Elmer, and Gressel, Daria, Jema, Teresa, um, Frail, um, Malala, and I hope I'm saying all the, the names right uh, Edgar, Jean, Shajani. Uh, Rokwi, uh, Nessel, Aimi, Juan, Glacial, Shan, um, Doyasa, Lomi, Ruth, Ruth, um, Mark Anthony, um, Raquel, Victor, so many people watching today. Please, if you have questions, everybody, put your questions into the chat for the guests, and I will try my best to get through as many questions as possible. Um, CJ, before you move on to the next leg of your journey, let's hear from Darius and hear how his journey began. Okay, hi everybody. So, um, I have like um, similar, uh, almost similar story with CJ. So I graduated uh, my bachelor's in two thousand and six. Um, so and then after that, I worked for um, two years as a pediatric nurse. And like CJ, I also started as a volunteer because during that time, you know, nursing students there were there, there was there were a lot of nursing students that time and. It's it's like a competition, you know, to be able to get into a hospital. And, you know, the only way for you to be hired or absorbed by the facility is for you to start as a volunteer. So I started as a volunteer, then the facility absorbed me. And I worked there for two and a half years as a pediatric nurse in, a, in, in pediatric ICU. Then I ventured out from my nursing career. I went to like Maybe a lot of people can relate to me. I also ventured in a BPL company for a year until I was able to get, you know, a job. I became an educator for nurse licensure exam. Um, and But unlike CJ, you know, my initial plan was just like to take the NCLEX and not really go to the States. I just want to take the NCLEX so I can teach the NCLEX. You know, it, wow. it, it wasn't really in my... Um, uh, you know, inside my mind, like to go abroad, um, work, uh, work anywhere. I'm, I'm happy with. I was basically like, of course, I was happy and thankful with, with what I did before for like for many, many years. But um, I just realized, like you know, um, uh, around 2017, I, I, I met, you know, I met a previous student who, you know, just introduced, you know, just opened my mind about like, hey, sir, are you not having, uh, are you, don't you have any plans to go abroad? I mean, you're, you're intelligent, your experience, I, I guess you will be useful in another, in another country. And I just said to myself, like, um, I, I'm not really, 
sure yet, but you know, it, it sometimes crosses my mind, you know, to work. Um, and of course, like CJ, US is really my target. When when I when someone will ask me if if I were to work abroad, which country will, will I will I choose? Of course, and I, I will always say like I will work in the US because you know I've been hearing like a lot of great things. Healthcare is great and all. So just like CJ as well, um, I started my application. I think later than CJ's. I started my application. If I'm not mistaken. I could not really forget it. It's February 14, 2017. It was Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Because you'll get to yourself, Darius. <laughs> yeah, and, not it to yourself. Right. And I was having a date that time <laughs> in a restaurant. So I that's the time that I submitted my application. And I guess USCIS got my application Feb 2017. And like you, CJ, it was also a roller coaster ride. Um, when I submitted my application, I did not expect that, you know, there are situations like I only understood when I joined Lefora as well. That's why I told Tanya and Miss Jean before, like, I'm really, really so thankful with that page and with Miss Jean and her admins and her moderators because they've been really, really helpful. Um, yeah, I do not also know before, like what you said, what a priority date means, you know, what an RFE means. And like, when I got all of those emails, like, there's a request for evidence. It's like, what is this? I mean, I don't understand these things. But thankfully, like 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 you said, CJ, Mom Jean, and the moderators have, and and you know the discussions within the group page has have been really really helpful for me to understand and comprehend what's going on. And fortunately, like you, it took me two years, you know, to wait. Yeah. And like you said, you just really have really really have that patience because you know I'm a firm believer that you know patience produces perseverance and perseverance yeah. produces a character. You know, and you know, I just I just felt like um in, in in my mind and in my heart, I was just always telling myself, like, if this is for me, this is really this is really for me. So if I am if I am destined to work in the US, I will be in the US. So I'm here right now. So I believe that, you know, like it's really my destiny to be here. So that's my story. We love it, Darius. And and I love the, the story that you shared with Jean when we did the pre-show on Sunday. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't watched, do you want to just uh, talk a little bit about uh, how Jean helped you? Okay. Yeah. So it was, um, I, I, I basically, like I said a while ago, I basically passed my NCLEX. I was, I think I am one of the last uh, Philippine students who were able to apply for California Board of Nursing. Um, and, you know, because of the concurrency issues, you know, the subjects when you want to work to California, they have to like, um, they have to like measure um, if this is concurrent with their, with their, with California's curriculum. So I was having a hard time, uh, hard time, you know, getting my license because I don't have an SSN. And um, I did not know that time that you need to be an immigrant or a citizen to be able to get a social security number and then retrieve your license. So, and then a friend told me, hey, um, there's a group page, you joined this, it's Lefora. So I was saying, I was asking, uh, I was asking what's Lefora? So when I opened it, so I see like everybody discussing about it. And I see most of the posts were made by Miss Jean. So I messaged her 
Uh, I think that is in my in my other Facebook uh, Facebook accounts. I message Mam Jean. Mam Jean, I have a question. Um, how do I uh, reciprocate my my license to Texas because um, I don't have a license? But Mam Jean, explain to me that you know you just have to show them your pass letter, make sure you meet their requirements, pay all of these. Mam Jean, um, step by step, she she told me about what to do, what fees to be paid, who to contact. So, and and you know she. Like I said, Lefora and Mom Jean herself was uh, was one of of my great resources to do it, and um, it gave me like hope na that I would be able to you know like transfer my license. So luckily, I was able to um, transfer my license to Texas. So I got my license from Texas, and it was that point that I told myself like. Um, I think God is 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 planning something great for me. So since I got that license endorsement, I guess she, he is you know doing doing something for me. And you know right right now I am here in the U.S. So that's my story about the Lefora. <laughs> I love I love that Darius. I really do. I think it's such a beautiful story. And I know Jean was surprised. She didn't even realize because uh, she, it helped so many people. <laughs> right, right. I looked I looked him up in my Facebook and said, <laughs> this Darius and then oh the last time that I talked to him was like 2019 or 2017 correct mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't give a step-by-step-instruction-so-probably-you-as-you-said-you-had-another-Facebook-account-yes-yes-I-have-I-have-a-you-know-because-I-used-to-be-an-educator-before-so-I-have-a-previous-Facebook-account-with-so-many-friends-
last thing I can, yeah, we went to our hotel during that day. And my expectation when I came here in the US, like, you know, I work and live in Manila. It's a big city, but I was surprised here. I was currently here in the state of Virginia and Virginia Beach and Chesapeake. So when I got it, oh, I was expecting large buildings, tall buildings everywhere. I was like, oh, uh, maybe my perception of America is like that. So it all changed. So I said to me, oh, this is like uh, like Tagaytay, if you know Tagaytay way back home and mm -hmm. Santa Rosa, Novali, it's like that, or Baguio. So my state is currently like that, but I love it. I like, I like my state right now. It's very peaceful and very laid back. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's so what I can a remember. Lot of, a lot of joy and a lot of surprises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and, it's, like, and it's interesting that you mandatory the first day. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and lots more to come. And, and it's interesting that you bring up the, the state, CJ, um, because we actually have an exciting announcement for the Lafora talk show. We're going to be starting a new segment um, where we're going to be interviewing guests from different states and talking mm -hmm. specifically not about the journey, but more about the state that they live in. Because right. I think in the same way as, you know, both Darius and CJ had said, like, coming to the US, you have to almost learn a new language. Like, what is the priority date? What is the visa bulletin? Right. You know, yeah. what, are, what are all of these things? Um, the same thing about the states, because there's a, you know, the states is huge. It's huge. And it's almost like different countries within a country. So to educate about what yourself about what is what is Virginia like, as opposed mm -hmm. to maybe what you've experienced back home, or how does that differ to Texas or where Jean is or California, where I am. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you know a friend or colleague who would benefit from listening to this conversation, please let them know about the show. We want to help as many nurses as we can turn their dreams into a reality. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. Head over to kineticsusa.com to find out more. That's kineticsusa.com. What about you, Darius? Tell us about your first few days. Okay, so I have a really, really funny story, and I don't, I don't know if you know it's uh, um, a lot of people could relate, but um, so. I guess our departure date, so we were like, I guess, nine, nine of, you know, um, colleagues, you know, went to the States. Uh, our departure date was May 2, and the company that we flew with was, um, I believe, it was Cathay Pacific. So our destination was Manila, Manila to, Manila to Hong Kong, and Hong Kong to Chicago. Now, we didn't know that um, you know, we were expecting like uh, our bags, our check-in baggage, uh, baggage will be just transferred, you know, to the, the the next airline because we're heading to Tennessee. But little did we know that we have to carry them, you know, them with us and then transfer them by ourselves or check-in by, by themselves. So, but we missed that part. So we missed that part where we have to get our baggage and check in, check it in with Delta. So we ended up bringing all of our baggages to the next terminal. So you could just like imagine me and two of my colleagues bringing like five big bags in the shuttle and like all people are looking at us. They, they're probably looking at us like we're crazy. So when we arrived at that specific terminal where, you know, going to Tennessee, um, 
like um we don't know what what's going on what's what's what are we going to do with the with these bags but you know luckily unfortunately um a delta employee was very very accommodating and delta is a very very good company so they help us check in our bags and we almost missed our flight you know going to tennessee it's it was it was it was um it was it was stressful and i could not forget one of my colleagues even though you know even though we are in that kind of predicament or situation she still wants to take pictures you know outside <laughs> the airport because it was snowing that time you know and even it's may it was snowing in in chicago and and you know i just told her you know we don't have time for that we have to check in our bags or we will we will be left by the plane so that's our story and then um we arrive in tennessee um well, Tennessee, we, we stayed in Brentwood. It's a very, very nice place. It's near Nashville. Um, like, like CJ said, um, although I, I research a little about, um, you know, what Tennessee is, but at that time, I'm not sure I'm going to be assigned in Gainesville. I am in Gainesville, Georgia, by the way. It's, it's north, uh, one hour away or north, north part of Atlanta. But it's it's beautiful in here. We have four seasons, you know. We we get to you know experience like summer, spring, um, fall, and winter. And you know when it's winter in this place, it's it's not as bad as you know when you're in Minnesota. Not that I'm saying that you know I'm lucky or they're they're very unlucky, but you know it's 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 I am just fortunate. Like this is a place like i did not imagine to be here i i am very very used to living in places like you know where you live cj in manila in cebu those are big cities but when i came here it's they're very very relaxed um you really need to find you know like time to drive if you want to go to the nearest mall if you want to shop but you know it's 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 all worth it i have no regrets i love the place i'm thinking about staying here but you know there are factors that i needed to consider first before fully deciding you know to stay here so but all in all my experience was great my experience was was really really fun and like you you know applying for the socials getting the driver's license you know taking that exam <laughs> I am not I am not a good driver. I don't even drive in the Philippines. So like doing the drive test here in the States was was a little bit of challenging for me and from some of my for some of my colleagues. But we enjoyed it. And like you, CJ, we we also had that, you know, feeling like if this is true, are we are we are am I just dreaming? Sometimes I pinch myself and i cannot believe like you know i'm already in the us like a couple of years ago i'm just like imagining myself you know being here <laughs> um you know fantasizing you know that i can start to earn dollars <laughs> so that's my story and and i hope a lot of people can relate and i think, and I think that's, that's so inspiring, inspiring because mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, you've got this dream that you have for years and years and you wonder, will I ever get there and what will it be like? And then when you get there, you're like, I'm here. It's right. so surreal. Mm -hmm. So surreal. Tell, tell us about the, the clinical aspect. How was nursing different for, from you from a clinical perspective? Would you want to start with me or with CJ? Do you want to start, CJ? Uh, I, yeah, I can go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, there's totally a big difference practicing here in the U.S. and in the Philippines. So, 
So by the way, my experience way back home is I'm working, I'm proud to say that I'm working in a government hospital way back home. It's a tertiary hospital. If you guys know Jose Arrest Memorial Medical Center, I'm proud to be part of it. It's like mm-hmm. Batang JR, you know, wherein I learned so many skills about it. And I, I work there in a med surge and emergency department and the surgical ICU. But my experience is mostly emergency department. So in a clinical perspective, nursing management is pretty much all the same. It's all the theoretical. But the big difference is the technology, especially those here in the U.S. We are using computerized charting. In the hospital, mm-hmm. we're using EPIC and it's very useful. And way back home, we're, we're still using paper charting. Oh, that's Correct. a big problem way back home, those paper charting. And, you know, we have so many patients in the ED, you can count how many charts you have. And the problem is you might lose their chart. So many resident doctors getting the chart and we, you don't know where to find it. And Correct. there's important information about it. And the good thing here, it's all computerized. The patient information is all on the computer. You don't have to worry about chart being lost. Yeah, so those, that's one of the big difference. And yeah, for another one is like the medications. So in the Philippines, you know, where, you know, if you're familiar with Piptazo, you know, I know you guys are familiar with Piptazo, the one is very hard to dilute. Here mm-hmm. in the Philippines, you have to ex- exert super effort just to dilute it. You have to exert so many, spend times diluting it, flushing it. And here, I think nurses are very, very, very like comfortable with that because, you know, pharmacy is the one preparing those medications and everything like, for example, potassium, like you have patients correcting for potassium correction. In the Philippines, you need pain and SS, you need a solicit. Here, it's all pre-made, so it's very easy, <laughs> you know. And right. in the Philippines also, our supply is not that fair. For example, you have your CTT set, you have to gather the, the individual instruments, the tracheostomy tube and the, the CTT tube, and here you have the CTT set and everything, the dressing set, the IV insertion set, and the Foley catheter insertion set. Everything is like ready. It's all in a one package. So that's the advantage of, for me, that's one I noticed. It's very convenient for nurses, I, I could say. And in a clinical perspective, for those nurses working here, my advice for nurses here to be very successful is be have a questioning attitude all the time when you're in the floor. Mm-hmm. Because you, know, you don't know everything. So your topmost priority is patient safety. So if you don't know, always ask questions. Correct. And second, you must be a team player. Mm-hmm. Always work in a team. Because you can survive, you know, you can survive on your own. You need someone's help, especially in critical situations, especially if patients have a cold blue. So you need help. You have extra extra nurses to help you and yeah and be flexible and always have a positive attitude and and other thing you be you must be very respectful to everyone respect your patient top and foremost respect patient because in that way patients will also respect you you have a good relationship so establish trust with the patient create respect a good environment with the patient so so I can say those things are very important when you're in the nursing floor. So yeah, so, but never forget before you go to work, always start with a prayer. Yeah, I always do that every morning before I go to work. Yeah, I want to be, oh Lord, I need to be 
safe because I want my license to be safe. I want my patient to be safe. So I always pray before I start to work. And so when you're working in the hospital, my best advice also is, is to come early in the hospital because in the hospital, you have to read the charts. Here in the, in the pelvis is different. Most patients ask questions directly to the doctors. Here in our floor, I currently work in the hospital. So relatively call you, they will ask you for some updates. And so you have to know most of the important details. You know, so that's why the important reasons why you have to read the patient's charts ahead of time so that when the family member call, you have the answers and you have research what to do with the patient. So, yeah. And other thing is when you're in the patient bedside, I can say the most important thing is always follow the ABCs of life. ABCs of great, ABCs like airway, breathing, and circulations, always follow that. And you always mm -hmm. have to have critical thinking skills. So prioritization too of seeing your patients, always prioritize who need who was the first patient to be seen first because you know abc's always apply that when you're in the floor yeah that's all <laughs> those are great tips and great advice i love how practical and specific you are right. cj because i think that will be helpful and um, was there what were, the, were they think were, was the clinical side the way you expected it I mean, you might have heard some of these things before in Manila or was, or when you were living in the, in the Philippines. Was it that what you expected or was it very different to what you thought it was going to be like from a clinical perspective? So, the, from the clinical perspective, because I was working in, in the, my hospital way back home, I, I can say that I see so many patients here. I can say that here the patients are more benign because I'm not working in the ED. Here I'm working in a cardiac telemetry unit. So like here in the Philippines, if the patient is intubated, some of them stays in the ward, but here in the US, they would, they need to be in the ICU. So probably because of the healthcare system way back home, because the lack of beds in my, my previous hospital. So I think patients are more safe here because you know, if you're intubated, you'll be in the ICU setup. In the Philippines, you have to wait for the beds vacancy mm -hmm. in the ICU, you will stay there. So it's yeah. very unfortunate for patients being in a ward and the ED, just waiting for the bed to be free in the ICU setup. So yeah. And also here in the Philippines, you know, you know, you work in the hospital. Some I experienced having one, I am the single nurse. It was night shift. I got 50 or I think 50 or 60 patients during that night. Here, the maximum patients you can have in a nurse hospital setting is five. Five or, five or six, six, yeah, six, five, or six. Uh -huh. five or six patients. So I think the nurse patient ratio is very, very nice in here in the US because you know, you want you, we want, you want your license to be safe. That's why you're here. You need to earn money. You have to protect your license. So I think it's very safe to nurses having that nurse patient ratio. So yeah. That's really interesting. The things that were a surprise for you, Jean and Darius, did you have the same? Did you also have like certain things that I know Darius is going to tell us about his experience on the clinical side, but were there things that surprised you that you didn't expect? Yes. Um, well, like, um, what CJ said, um, in a clinical perspective, um, he, he did mention the same things that you know, I, I would like to mention the charting, you know, we're, we're, we're also using Epic, 
You know, so everybody has, uh, we're, we're using electronic health system or electronic health records so everybody can see the chart. I mean, um, unlike in the Philippines, it, we still do paper charting. And, but um, the, the only dis disadvantage with the electronic health charting is I know it's like everybody could get access and, you know, privacy might be violated. But, you know, here in the States, it's, we're, we're, we're trying our best to make sure that we're not violating HIPAA rules. So, um, in, in a clinical perspective, I would say that here in the U.S., we treat patients aggressively and, of course, safe, safely and how we treat our patients in the Philippines. Um, one of the things that really, really surprised me and confused me at first while I was working on the floor is, you know, when they have rapid responses. Here in the States, they have like rapid response teams. So they have this specific team, a group of doctors, doctors or nurse practitioner, respiratory therapists, phlebotomies, and ICU nurses who just, you know, respond to any distress call. Like you can call them at any time if you, if you, if you are, you know, if you, you do a, your assessment and you're, you're seeing some, you know, um, not good signs to your patient. You can always call a rapid response team and they will rush, you know, going to the patient, do all of this stuff. And the first thing that really surprised me and, you know, it was also confusing on my part, like, um, like an advanced practitioner or nurse practitioner was, you know, doing all the things, you know, and he or she is not even a doctor. And, you know, but he can order things, you know, he could tell you things, what to do and et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it was actually, um, uh, like you said, Tanya, it was like, it's, it's also a surreal experience, you know, having to be, you know, realize that, you know, an advanced care practitioner or nurse can do this. So it actually inspired me. That's why I'm in school right now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week. So make sure you come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us by hitting the follow button on your podcast player and leaving us a review. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. Head over to kinetics.usa.com to find out more. That's kinetics.usa.com.